Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats fans. Welcome to Nats Nightly. We're sneaking a show in as this game wraps up in Atlanta. 14-4 to Nationals at this point. Per MLB regulations, we will not be doing play-by-play as this goes along, and the Nationals continue adding to their lead, but it's getting ugly out there in uh, SunTrust Park in Atlanta, Georgia. Nationals up to 14 runs now as the Braves continue to implode. Uh, going into this game, doghouse, the key matchup I had, Bryce Harper versus Julio Tehran. I want to say his name like that every time, by the way. 13 for 31, three doubles, five home runs. That's a 419, 500, 1,000 line. Uh, tonight, uh, going into the start, Tehran, eight-start winless streak versus the Nats. Uh, starts off with the first pitch fastball. Harper with two out in the first, gone. 14 for 32, six home runs at that point. Uh, 1-0 slider in the second, 15 for 33, seven home runs after a grand slam, 6-2 to two at that point. Uh, fifth and sixth of the season for Harper. He's just tearing into Tehran. Uh, I was talking to my brother, a Braves fan, about it, that I just am convinced that Tehran's only tipping pitches to Harper for some reason, but just continues to dominate the Braves starter. I was expecting a hit-by-pitch later in the game, which he never did, but Harper just knocking him around all night, four for four on the night, uh, five runs driven in, three runs scored, just a huge night in Atlanta for Harper. And he walked one. Yeah, poor Poor Julio. I, I was amazed they pitched him the second time. Even with the bases loaded, I'm thinking to myself, hold up the four. It's only one run. <laughs> what, what's the worst that could happen? Well, it happened. I mean, and, and you look at this. I mean, it, it, tonight, walking to get to Murphy is actually a reasonable course of action, considering he, he was, uh, uh, he's, what, 0 for 4 with a couple of walks, and one of those walks came late in the game when things were well out of hand and uh, the uh, pitching had degraded even further in terms of the kind of B relievers that are taking forever to end this game. So, wow. Um, basically, I, I, I think Tehran is trying to be the new Tom Kohler. So, uh, <laughs> good, good on Harper for as many of those as he can collect. Maybe he'll get one on every team. It was so bad I worked up pones into the first uh, <laughs> paragraph of our game story. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> uh, Har- Harper ends the day, uh, reached base in eight straight plate appearances, one short of his career high, which is nine. Uh, equally impressive on the Braves' side. Uh, Freddie Freeman got up to 12 straight plate appearances in which he'd reached base, six of them in this uh, series, before he finally made it out miraculously for the Nationals. Uh, it's just... I don't know, Freddie Freeman getting wasted on this team. <laughs> he's just uh, continues to impress. I, my brother is also mentioning him. He says he's going to hit 400 on this season, especially if people keep on shifting on him because he's tending to take the Harper-like approach of going the other way when they give you that. And just another impressive night by Freeman. I'm trying to pull up his line as we talk here. Two for three, two runs scored, two RBIs. Got a home run late in the game as well, if I remember correctly. Uh, yep, third inning off of Ross, uh, six on the year as well. Uh, they can't stop Freeman, but apparently they've limited the rest of the Braves tonight. It, yeah, and it's a sort of a sign of how tonight is has been going that the third inning qualified as late in the game. Uh, <laughs> it, sure, it kind of got sure away early, like it. and that. <laughs> As, as if having this, this uh, show before the game is over weren't jinxy enough. But uh, <laughs> the, the fact that Ross 
finally managed to get Freeman out, I, I think it's maybe a, a little bit of punctuation there on the really nice outing that he had tonight. Uh, Freeman certainly, uh, gosh, got to be about the only good thing for the Braves to watch. I mean, I guess he's like Zimmerman was for us in 2009 and 10, maybe, but uh, what, what a good night for Ross. Seven Ks and a walk, three runs over seven innings. That's, that's a pretty solid outing, considering that he's had some real struggles early in the year. You know, his, his first outing or two at Syracuse were, oh, politely put, disastrous. Uh, and he's come out here and I won't say shut down a good hitting lineup, but a major league team uh, certainly, you know, struggled a little bit, but uh, made some quality pitches. And honestly, I, 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 I hate to say this every time we say it, but he really sort of settled in. And you look at that last AB he had against Freeman, he went out and challenged him with strikes and got him to ground out fairly weakly. So, Good outing for Ross. That's promising. This is, this is the, the problem you'd like to have in deciding who your number five starter is going to be. Yeah, four of the five first batters reached, as you mentioned, struggled a little bit early. A bunt single, one-out walk, RBI single by Nick Marcakis, RBI single by Brandon Phillips. Put the Braves up 2-1 in the first. Uh, Freeman reached base. Uh, we already went over that. Just scouring my notes here as we wait for this game to end, and I will note that Matt Albers Appreciation Society is going to be thrilled that he's in the game here, and Grant Green is also making his Nationals debut, so he's officially a National now. If you're asking yourself who Grant Green is, you are not alone. I'll just put it that way. Uh, bad news on the night. Uh, J- Jason Worth tweaked something. Uh, slider early in the game. Uh, well, not early in the game. Whatever. Uh, went to swing at it, held up, and did something to himself when he held up. We'll have to wait until after the game to do that, but uh, that'll be the second injury of the day if we hear it. Sammy Solis placed on the DL with elbow inflammation as well, but uh, Nationals really can't afford to miss Jason Worth for any length of time. We have no idea what the injury is at this point. Matt Albers just took a line drive off his shoulder just to add to the fun, but uh, not good seeing Worth there. He kind of turned right towards the dugout after that non-swing and called the trainer out, left the game at that point. Uh, if they have to fill in with Michael A. Taylor or someone out in the outfield for a while, it could cause some trouble because Jason Worth's gotten off to a good start here so far this season. Well, just just I'm saying, Michael A. Taylor actually got a hit tonight and it was on a curveball. So <laughs> everything things, things may not way. be all disastrous. Granted, it was after it was the third iteration of, of the exact same pitch in the same location third time around, he finally got the bat on it. But uh, he can hit a breaking ball, so there you go. Nothing to worry about. Uh, Yeah, I I saw that. After Worth checked up, he was sort of shaking his his right leg a little bit and taking some funny steps. So, you know, I I hate to say he might have tweaked his groin. (laughs) Groin. Uh, we should have some sort of achieve, achievement uh, video game noise go off when Michael A. Taylor connects with the curveball, but that would just be mean, <laughs> I suppose, at this point. Uh, the other big news of the day, uh, Blake Trinan officially out of the closer's role after struggling early this season. After last night's debacle, uh, not too surprised at that. Uh, Dusty Baker had to make a decision uh Barry Superluga wrote an article in the Washington Post today basically saying that you have to do it for the sake of the clubhouse at that point. You can't keep fun 
threatening leads and making things shaky at the end of the game when the starting pitching is doing well, the team scoring runs for you, and then you're throwing a closer out there who just is walking people left and right and can't seem to get out. Uh, Dusty Baker said this spring he does not like the closer by committee idea. Mike Rizzo said today in an interview with the Sports Junkies on 106.7 The Fan, they think they'll settle on one closer eventually, but for now it's going to be a tandem Sean Kelly when he's available, Coda Glover when he's not. This is looking awfully like a committee or at least matching up. Uh, They're just going to use those two from what they're saying. Blake Trining goes back to his seventh, eighth inning role, which is probably best for him the way he's been going so far. But uh, what do you think of the decision to kind of split it up that the Nationals are going with so far or at least talking about going with in the near future? Uh, well, I think you need to have at least three people to have uh, a committee. So this is committee. more like closing by by pro council and viceroy. I, I'm I'm not quite sure what the the biumvirate here is, but uh, you know this neither neither one I think really stands out as the permanent solution. So this is less closer by uh, closer by committee than it is extended closer audition. With uh, with real audiences, so uh, let the two of them work it out. And you know, you know, my my position is well established that there there should not be closers, and it should be based on matchups in the game situation, which is probably what we're going to end up with, sort of uh, in a, in a roundabout way, with people trying to establish a closer and then it not working out. You know, as we talked about last night. Uh, Trinan goes back into a seventh, eighth inning role where he comes in to a high leverage spot to get a ground ball instead of thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm a closer. I have to strike everyone out instead of playing to his strengths, which, you know, the sort of precision and hitting spots to get to get a strikeout is not, not his strength. But uh, Glover and, and Kelly are more of your traditional strikeout pitcher kind of guys. Uh, they throw hard. They have a little bit better command. Uh, if they want to give themselves the pressure of that role, um, I think they maybe they'll deal with it a little bit better. Of course, I, I thought Trinan would deal with it well, so we'll see. Uh, Trey Turner went down today, uh, sent him down to West Palm Beach to work out the Nat Spring Training Facilities. I was just looking at the numbers for the sake of argument, even though I, I know what a lot of our readers were going to say and can't anticipate what you were going to say, but Adam Eaton, 11 for 30, 367, 412, 467, three doubles, three walks, five Ks as a leadoff man. And uh, with Trey Turner out of the lineup, uh, 286, 364, 17 in first at-bats of games. Uh, Trey Turner struggled out of the box at start this year, uh, three for 19, 158, 158, 211 before he injured his hamstring. So when he comes back in the next couple of days, are you leaving Adam Eaton in that top spot where he's doing well, put Trey Turner at the bottom of the lineup where he can take a little pressure off himself and get going and get back into the swing of things or Trey Turner right back on top when he comes up here? You know, feel free to tell me. It doesn't matter much, but I, I'm interested in what the Nationals are going to do if they switch things up or stick with Adam Eaton where he's had some success. You know, honestly, I can see them plugging Turner right back into the top of the lineup because he's a fast guy with high OBP skills, which is actually even sabermetrically not an unreasonable thing to do to, to put him at the top of the lineup. But, you know, speedy 
center fielder kind of guy. Goes at the top of the, the lineup, even though now he's playing short. Um, my my preference, I think, would be to let him settle into it a little bit more and, and get comfortable by hitting down in the order. And I can see Dusty saying, well, the lineup seems to be working, so let's leave everyone where they are and just plug him into Defoe's spot. Um, I, I'm sort of a coin flip on which side of the leave everyone in their spot uh, thing would come would come to because you you can argue that leaving them in their spots is putting them back in the opening day lineup. So uh, maybe we'll just see like we had tonight, except you know, with, with, with Turner for Defoe, who also did some good things tonight. Two for four, walk, RBI. You know, nice to really get him getting. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say really good at bat early in the game where he took a nine-pitch yeah. at bat against Tehran, really drove a, a pitch count up. Yeah, yeah. Basically uh, set up the, the reign of offense to come later. Uh, let's let's hope he can uh, keep, keep the positivity from that outing and uh, move that into the utility role that he's, you know, seems pretty uh, – pretty certain to end up in here once, once trainers back or turners back and, and firing on all cylinders. The Nationals did finally wrap it up here. 14 to four. We didn't jinx them. So we can try this again. If another game goes <laughs> long, uh, one last question before we get out of here, we got another look at any Romero tonight who continues to do his, uh, best to impress and worry at the same time. But, uh, he continues to be up and down. Uh, I don't know where Oliver Perez is at this moment. I don't remember the last time he pitched at this point. Now Sammy Solis on the DL, uh, not making a big deal out of it from what they said. They expect him to be back within 10 days or within the 10-day period. Not too concerned. I don't know if this was just one of those open up a spot without having to get rid of somebody moves. But uh, any concern about the fact that Sammy Solis is out now and you're left with any Romero who's kind of shaky and Oliver Perez who's been missing in action for a little while here? I I really like Solis and having him as an option in the pen. Uh, Having him gone for 10 days against some teams with with some good lefties in their lineups and and in good hitting parks, uh, I'm not not real wild about that. of course, if, if Solis really is having trouble, you know, he's, he struggled with some injuries last season uh, and, and missed some time in critical spots because of it. Uh, I'll, I'll be a, a little bit more worried. I'm less worried right now because I'm sort of half thinking they're just kind of giving him some days off and it's an, oh, my neck hurts. I need some time on the DL. Oh, coincidentally, this opens up a roster spot for Joe Ross. How convenient. And I, I think that might be sort of half of what's going on here. I, I couldn't say that for sure, but it, it, it certainly seems uh, suspiciously timely. Suspiciously well-timed. I think we can agree on that. Uh, before we wrap up, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Ryan Zimmerman continues to swing a hot bat, a 380 average at this point after he goes three for four, three for five tonight, a run scored four driven in with a grand slam opposite field blast for Zimmerman uh, late in the game continues to impress. Uh, reports of his uh, demise may have been exaggerated at this point, I'm wondering, or is Daniel Murphy's uh, insight into a uh, launch angle and the work they've done really paying off for Zimmerman here from what you've seen? 
Well, it, it certainly seems to be working for him. He uh, seems to be grounding out a lot less. He's getting solid line drive contact and beautiful, majestic dingers. Oh, that, that, that one out, the, the Grand Slam tonight was, was a classic Zim, oppo bopo into, the, into the, the right field power alley. Really beautiful. And I, I should mention here, because I got the game on in the background, and I, I uh, heard them say, mention this during the game, Zim has now moved up to number two on the uh, all-time list of uh, RBIs for the, for the Nats and Expos franchise, uh, just ahead of Andre Dawson and what it looks like about 65 behind Tim Wallach. So he could, he could be number one in a couple of seasons if he keeps up like he's been going, uh, going so far. Dare I say it, maybe even this season. Now, that, that seems to be sure, but I, I'm sorry, I can't help it. Since I know you don't follow the Twitter, and I don't know if they mentioned it on the Mass and Broadcast, because I was watching the Atlanta feed, do you remember the last time the Nationals got two Grand Slams in one game? Yeah, it was that uh, game that uh, Josh Willingham hit him both, hit two. <laughs> well, I think that's I, I don't know if they've done it another time. 2009 in Milwaukee, that was the last one. I don't know if they did it before then. I don't think so, as far as I can remember. I think I've watched pretty much every game since 2005 and can't recall them hitting two Grand Slams in one game, but I do remember the Hammer doing that out in Milwaukee. The Nationals do it again tonight. Two different people this time, Zimmerman and Harper, 14-4 final, 20 hits on the night, uh, five-run second, five-run eighth, really blew this thing wide open. Nationals take two straight from the Braves. we got one more with Atlanta tomorrow. Steven Strasburg on the mound against Knuckleball and R.A. Dickey, another 735 start, so it'll be a late show again tomorrow. But we'll hopefully be back for Nats Nightly, which is sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. Doghouse, I'll talk to you tomorrow, sir. I'm looking forward to Sunday lineup on Thursday. Go Nats.